Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes when you remember who you're fighting for. This week's guest was actually already featured on an earlier episode of this podcast, but I wanted to have a longer conversation to discuss more about this moment in the American civil rights movement. Alea Eastman is a name that you'll definitely want to remember. I could tell you all about Alea's impressive background in activism, but I really just want to jump in and let you hear her in action. So please enjoy these clips of Alea Eastman speaking on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial at the Commitment March on Washington, D.C. at the end of August. I am one of the millions of young black women who make up the backbone of the American progressive movement. Like too many of us, my journey of activism started by a senseless act of gun violence when a fellow student opened fire in my classroom in Parkland, Florida. As I laid beneath the lifeless body of my classmate, Nicholas Dorette, to survive, as bullets riddled my classmates, as my screams melted into the cries of the wounded, I was then born again with a voice that cannot and will not be muzzled. While the details of my story may be different from other impacted youth, my brush of death by a gun is, experienced by, is an experience that is shared by too many of our generation. I am not the first in my family to be affected by gun violence. My uncle Patrick was gunned down in the streets of Brooklyn, New York at the age of 18, just months after being beaten by NYPD who deemed his black body in a white neighborhood a threat. Gun violence is pervasive and extends well beyond high-profile mass shootings. This violence is not inherent or a coincidence. It is a result of poor choices made by policymakers that all too often have racial undertones associated with it. We've seen the shooting from my high school gain worldwide attention. But the mass shooting that happened in Southeast DC three weeks ago, where 17-year-old Christopher Brown lost his life and 20 people were, sh were wounded, got no attention. Be outraged equally for black lives. Police violence is gun violence, and gun violence is a leading cause of death for black youth. We demand to live in peace. We demand to live in, place, in spaces where the best of black culture can thrive, where black men are more likely to have a mortgage and a picket fence than a record, where black women are business executives and vice presidents, where our trans sisters and brothers don't fear being themselves. But this dream that I, that Rev. Al Sharpton, that Martin Luther King III have for black Americans cannot be realized until we have a federal government with our best interests at heart. As I returned from Louisville yesterday, where Breonna Taylor was brutally killed by LMPD, it is still clear that black women are still unprotected. As I stand here in pain from the aftermath of tear gas and rubber bullets, I realize that black women are still the backbone of this movement. My name is Alea Eastman, a student at Trinity Washington University, executive council member of Brady's Team Enough, co-founder and core organizer of Concerned Citizens DC, a grassroots group of young black organizers demanding true liberation for black people. Thank you. Okay, so after hearing Alea in action, I hope you understand why I was so excited to have her as a guest. Alea is 19 years old and attends Trinity Washington University in DC. As you heard in her speech, she is a Parkland survivor 
and the 2018 shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School was the event that inspired Alea's activism. I asked Alea to tell me more about her story after that horrific event, and this is what she shared with me. Yeah, um, so I am a 2019 graduate from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, um, and that school is pretty known worldwide now, unfortunately, um, due to a shooting that our community experienced on February 14th, 2018. Um, and it was my junior year of high school. And I was directly impacted by this shooting being in the third classroom attacked by the gunman and having to hide underneath one of my murdered classmate bodies to survive. And since then, we've seen a national conversation arise around gun violence prevention which sparked outside, like sparked from my school, which kind of irritated me because I felt like the conversation was very one-sided um, and it was very focused on mass shootings, which are not even 2% of gun violence. And I felt like folks were forgetting that people that look like me, black and brown youth, um, are directly and disproportionately impacted by gun violence every single day. So I decided to speak out and share my platform with those in marginalized communities of color who deal with gun violence, um, just so folks could hear their stories, hear their experiences, and hear what resources that they need in their communities to prevent gun violence. Um, and that was really, really important to me because before the shooting at my high school, I lost my uncle to gun violence in Brooklyn. So I understand gun violence from both sides of the spectrum. And it was really, really important for me to bring those two together just so the conversation was intersectional. And that's how my activism started. So I met Alea and first learned about her story when I was protesting in D.C. this summer. As she mentioned in her March on Washington speech, Alea is one of the founding members of Concerned Citizens D.C., which is an organization I featured in episode four of this podcast. The marches and protests this summer made history around the United States and Alea was among the leaders of some of the biggest marches in the city. I asked Alea to tell me about her experience protesting this summer and about some of the challenges she faced as a leader. So I go to college in DC and when I started my, my activism, I recognized that I was in DC probably more than I was in Florida, um, traveling back and forth for a lot of different reasons because the political climate and the political change happens here. And a lot of people travel to DC for their activism. There's a lot of marches that happen here. So I decided to go to college here. And I remember in the wake of the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, there was a worldwide spark of protests. And being in DC, having the power to both push local and federal legislation, it was imperative for me to get outside. And protest. And I remember in the early days being an organizer as like my job, um, seeing how unorganized the protests were pretty frustrating to me. So I decided to get a group of my friends together, which is now Concerned Concern Citizens DC, because we are all organizers outside of um, Concerned Citizens. So we knew exactly what to do and how to organize protests. We just decided to organize a few of them. Well, a lot of them throughout the entire summer. And I'd probably say one of the, the, the biggest challenges for me this summer was definitely the emotional toll that just everything of this summer was. 
let alone just dealing with the consistent social media posts of black bodies being brutalized by police every other day, being outside every single day in the blistering heat, being a black woman and, and, and seeing how the Breonna Taylor case wasn't even turned into a case and, and being told that apartment walls are deemed more important than being a black woman in, in America. Just all of those different things of this summer and then also thinking about November and then also just being a 19-year-old dealing with coronavirus and it was just a lot. So just the, the emotional toll of this summer piled on top of protesting and organizing that was definitely the hardest part of the protests. Making change is hard work. Alea knows better than anyone that protesting takes a mental, physical, and emotional toll on people, especially on those who are leading the movement. I asked Alea to tell me about what keeps her going and what pushes her to keep fighting for change, even when she feels tired or frustrated. And this is what she told me. For me, it's literally just the power of Black women. I I feel like well, not even I feel, I know so many things wouldn't have progressed in this country if it weren't for Black women. Um, and, and being a Black woman, I feel like I have this duty, this duty to, to speak out on these issues because they disproportionately impact Black women. A lot of the time people don't recognize that because we don't get the platform to speak about it. We don't get the time to speak about it. And, and, and sometimes we get ignored. And that's really what has been pushing me just to be a voice for those that no longer can speak, and also not being a voice for people that can speak, but helping them get to the point where they can speak or they have the platform to speak. And that's really what has consistently pushed me to keep going this summer was just literally seeing the power of Black women every single day, holding it down and knowing that this is a historic thing. There has never been a time in history where Black women haven't been the backbone of these movements. And just knowing that me being a backbone of, of the movement right now, although that sounds so freaking weird to say, but knowing that that's really what's been keeping me pushing. I know that I'm needed in this moment and I really cannot give up because I don't want the next generation to have to do this all over again. And Alea certainly isn't giving up. Now feels like a good time to remind you that as wise as Alea is, she's also 19 years old. 19 years old and speaking in front of thousands on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Of course, I had to ask how Alea felt when she was speaking on those historic steps at this time in our nation's history. So I haven't really digested that I actually did that yet. Um, and And I think it's been like a little over a month or maybe two, but everything has been going so fast this summer. And yet so slow at the same time, I feel like everybody, like, every day is the same. Like, we can't tell time anymore. But for me, I'm just going to be completely honest. I think the March on Washington was, like, two days after I got back to D.C. from Louisville. Um, And Louisville is uh, where Breonna Taylor was murdered. And I actually was shot with a rubber bullet, which had a lot of complications. Long story short, I had to go to the hospital after the March on Washington. So, like, during the entire march, I was literally just thinking about, like, how painful my leg was feeling. I really wasn't thinking about anything else. I just went up there, did my speech, and then marched. But, like, the entire time, I was just like, dang, my leg really, really, really hurts. (laughs) So, understanding the historic value of 
of just that day, I haven't had the chance to really digest it and understand what we did. But I do know that it's just a surreal moment to just recognize how we're living in 2020 and that historic march happened years ago. And I'm able to say that I spoke at the same place that Martin Luther King Jr. spoke. It's very, very surreal and it's hard to like really comprehend. But I feel like that's a part of my activism. Sometimes I just don't realize some of the things I do when I just do it. Um, So I think maybe in the next two months, I'll be able to be like, dang, I really did that. But right now I haven't had a chance to like really think about it. I loved Alea's honesty and humility about her experience this summer. Her commitment to making change is so authentic that I was excited to ask her my favorite question. What advice do you most want to share with young people who want to make a change in this country? And this was Alea's answer. I think for me, I've noticed that a lot of young people think that going out and making a difference is being on a national platform and speaking in front of a thousand people um, or having a bunch of followers on your social media. And that's not I mean, that's also a part of the change, but that doesn't have to be the change. For me, I always advocate for folks to just have these simple, uncomfortable conversations. In spaces, specifically, I can only speak to my Black experience, but having these uncomfortable uncomfortable conversations in spaces that Black women might not be a part of, or Black men might not be a part of. If you have family that you know perpetuate or don't understand white supremacy, having these conversations with those family members. That is where we have real change. When we have these uncomfortable conversations, you can have them in your, 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 your Zoom calls with your teachers. You can have them at dinner with your parents, with your siblings. I think that is where real change starts. And if you, if you enjoy that and you want to expand that, you can have something in your, your community. You can have an organization. But I think change starts with conversation. And, and change doesn't always have to be what we see on TV, what we see on social media from well-known advocates. So that's probably my best advice for anybody that wants to create change is just starting these conversations and connecting with people in your community that's already doing the work so you can get looped into that change that they're doing as well. After hearing Alea's advice for people who want to create change, I wanted to end our conversation with her hopes for the future. From police brutality to political gridlock to the coronavirus pandemic, we are at our lowest point that I have ever experienced right now. I asked Alea what changes she's hoping to see in the future of this country, and these are her hopes about where we're going from here. Oh, that's a heavy question. Um, But I, I really have a simple answer. I think I simply, and I say simply, although this is a very complicated goal when it shouldn't be, but I just want this country to care about Black lives. I don't think that is a hard ask. I'm not asking for anything that's out of the ordinary. I just simply want this country to care about Black lives and not implement policies or institutions that continuously, systematically oppress us and not give platforms to those that are clearly and blatantly racist like our president. That's probably the change that I would like to see. And just broadening that, I really just hope this country could stop ignoring Black women, silencing Black women, pushing Black women to the side, because if it weren't for Black women, a lot of this country would be underdeveloped. A lot of things in this country would not exist. 
and we would not be at the stage that we are today. Although there's so much work to be done, we've come very, very, very far. And I think that's really, really what I would like to see. I hope you feel inspired and motivated by Alea's words. She certainly has a lot to say, and she puts her words into action, which I really respect. As a Black woman in America, Alea has refused to be silent, just like so many activists before her. She's inspired by Black female advocates who paved the way for her moment in this fight. She respects their work from the past and is inspired to keep fighting so future generations don't have to. Because change comes when you remember who you're fighting for. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and you can follow Alea on Instagram at alea.eastmond and on Twitter at aleaeastmond. She has been organizing with Concerned Citizens DC, who you can follow on Instagram at Concerned Citizens DC, and also Team Enough, which is a youth-led initiative to end gun violence in America. They are Team Enough on Instagram and Team underscore Enough on Twitter. If you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.